0: I will read from Ephesians 4, 7 to 14. This is the word of God. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean for that he had also descended into the lower regions to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be, be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes.
1: It's great, it's great to have you here this morning. And uh, we're going to look at those verses that Maxson has just read for us. And, um, and this is really the really conclusion, conclusion of our, our little, little series. series, I was going to say five-week five series, but it's probably been across ten, 10, 10 weeks so in terms of, uh, you, know, you know, we've, we've had, had a few had breaks, breaks and a few and different, different, different things, different things, things happening. Yeah, um, but this but is really, really our, 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 our look, look at, at these, these five, five gifts that we've just read about in Ephesians chapter 4. So I have those verses handy in front of you. And today we're looking then at the fifth... Um, uh, of and these of the catalytic, catalytic gifts that Jesus gives Jesus to the to church, the church. Uh, and that and is that the is gift the of, of teaching, teaching. teachers. Uh, and, and the and idea is, we'll, we'll be thinking about, we'll about, about this in a few moments, but the idea is that well, these, these things don't sort of function, function in isolation. isolation, they function, they function together. together. And, and together, together, those, those gifts, gifts can, can catalyze, catalyze the church to sort of push it forward, to bring more health, more influence, more maturity, and so that's what, what we'll be we'll seeing be over the, the next, next few moments, moments as we to read, read together. together. So uh, on, the, on the issue then, or the question, or the question of teachers and teaching, and teaching, we're going to be going thinking to some, some very, very basic questions, questions I think, just hopefully cover where we need to we be. Need but first of all, what is what teaching? Is teaching? Uh, the, second the second thing, thing, then, who does, does the teaching? teaching? Thirdly, where, where do we need, we need teaching in the church? And fourthly, then, how do we do teaching? Okay, okay. Um, um, so what is watching, teaching, who does, it, does it, where do we, do we do it, it and, how and how do we do it? And ho- Hopefully, uh, you know, some of this some is of this sort of familiar to you. you. It, it might, might be it a bit might be self-evident, self-evident, but, um, but um, sometimes, sometimes we make, we make assumptions, assumptions as well, as well about, about, about what we think, think uh, is and going and on here. So let's just um, open our hearts and minds and listen to what God has to say for us this morning as we study the Scripture together. So first of all, what is a teacher? Uh, or, rather or rather, what is teaching? What is I, teaching suppose. I suppose if we know what that is, then we can, understand, we can understand who, who who's the teacher. A teacher. Uh, and and my and sort of sort I guess working, working definition uh, of teaching in in the in the, in the, in context, the context of of, um, of, um, of the, of the faith, faith is opening up God's word to the world. Opening up God's word to the world. That's effectively what we're talking about here. And and it's about communicating His the message of His saving plan, which began. Before the world began, I suppose, but it began certainly, you know, from the beginning of the Bible, and we see it tracing all the way through, uh, finding its fulfillment in Jesus, the Son of God, and the good news of the gospel. So teaching is about making all this stuff clear, opening it out uh, to the world in, in different ways, different means. Um, It's effectively teaching the message of the Bible. And we see that uh, in Acts chapter 11. We've got some verses behind us here. And and we've been sort of dotting in and around Acts chapter 11, um, uh, particularly in reference to the five gifts that we see in Ephesians uh, 4, because we sort of see most of them in some ways play out in this early church uh, that was started in Antioch. And uh, we can see the apostles and prophets and, and so forth uh, working. And it says, um, as, as the church in Antioch um, was, was begun, uh, a great number, it says in verse 24, was added to the Lord. So, you know, right? therefore, Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch, where all the action was. And for a whole year, they, they met with the church and taught a great many people. So this new church, rapidly growing, loads of people hearing the gospel, coming to faith. What did they need? Well, Barnabas knew what they needed. They needed an 18 uh, teacher and preacher, someone of the class uh, who can look after and uh, and teach well such a a vast number of people. And he went to find uh, Saul, otherwise known as Paul. Uh, What did they need? They needed to be taught. They needed to be taught the things of the faith. All right? They needed to be taught the things of God. They needed, they to, understand understand God. They needed to understand Jesus and all of his wonder and all the complexity and the, the uh, awesomeness of what he's done. They needed to understand the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus is the king, and he has a kingdom. They needed to understand the promises of the prophets and how they have been fulfilled in Jesus. They needed to understand the future hope that they have, that this life is not all there is, there is more to come when Jesus returns. They had to understand all that, and it says there for a whole year. Um, Paul, Paul, Saul, and Barnabas, Barnabas stayed and taught and this, church this church a great, great number of people, people instilling, instilling these deep, deep and, rich and rich and wonderful truths into hearts and minds. And we see Paul doing very similar things in his sort of apostolic ministry uh, throughout the book of Acts. For example, he did the same in the, in the city called Ephesus. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 19, it says he reasoned daily in a sort of lecture hall it continued for two years teaching the people of that city. Or or likewise in Corinth, another uh, prominent Uh, prominent city in the ancient Near East. In Acts chapter 18, we see again, Paul spends a year and six months and says teaching the word of God among them. So when it comes to his teaching ministry, it wasn't just a quick seminar or a weekend or a special visit and then off again, although he did that, I think, in some contexts. But we see here his ordinary practice uh, was likely that that he would stay with churches um, to instill this body of teaching. Or um, um, from, from the, the word of God, God to Jesus these new to believers, believers. Uh, he did that he did among, among churches. Uh, I suppose uh, so you, you, know, you know communities of, of people convicted, convicted by the word. word he did, did, that did that with them. them. Uh, he, he did that among crowds, either in the, either the, the temple uh, or, or, or you know, or in city centres. The apostles went through private houses, you know, private dwellings, teaching the good news to people. And we see that in the example of Cornelius in Acts 8, Acts 10, or Lydia. The businesswoman uh, in Acts 16. Whatever it takes to get God's word into the world, that's teaching. That's what we're seeing here. And, and, and when that happens, and when, when we carefully take and teach and open up God's word to God's world, it, it produces this tremendous impact. All right? it, it's, it's not just words out into a vacuum. It is, it is words, I suppose, like seed. That's what Jesus teaches, seed going into the ground. And that seed ordinarily ordinarily is received by the ground and starts starts to to bear fruit, fruit, starts starts to grow. grow. And so when teachers teach, we see this tremendous tremendous impact. impact. For example, there's three things that we can can pick up from from, from from the New Testament, Testament, certainly through through the book of Acts. Acts. Uh, When Uh, when when teachers teach, teach, when the word word is heard, people people get get saved, saved, to use a biblical phrase. Salvation happens. For example, in Acts 4, verse 4, many of those, it says, who heard the word, believed. People decide on the basis of what they're hearing and being taught to believe it, to put their trust in it, to accept it, to build their lives around it. Likewise, in Acts chapter 16, you know, um, uh, the, the, the Philippian jailer asked uh, Paul and uh, Silas, I think it was at that time, he says, you know, what must we do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. So, so when the word is taught, you know, when the gospel is made clear, People are transformed, transformed by, that. by that. They're saved. That's what happens that when teachers, teachers teach. teach. Salvation. Salvation. But the other thing, the thing, the thing when teachers teach is that we see that and it sort of follows on, on I suppose, is the, the churches, churches grow in number. number. You know, and you know, right that, on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost when, Pentecost, when Pentecost, Peter gives effectively, effectively one, one of the first sermons, I suppose certainly the first recorded sermons since that time. Uh, it says there that those, so those who received, received his word, right, those, those who listened, listened to, his to his teaching and accepted it, it from what, it what he was saying, says so they, they were, were baptized and they were, and they were added, added that, that day to the church, to the church about 3,000 souls. Okay, and every, every time we, 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 we track uh, the, progress uh, the progress and growth, the growth of the church throughout, throughout the book of the book Acts, terms like this describe the spread of the gospel. For example, the word of God increased and multiplied. Or, the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Or, the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. You can see there, can't you, the connection with the message being taught by teachers and the growth of the church spreading out further and further afield. It's amazing. So, salvations, church grow in number, but also when teachers teach the word of God, the church grows in health. Okay, it grows in breadth and in depth. And we see that we've been, you know, examining this as we've gone through Ephesians chapter four. You know, these gifts that are given um, to, to, in verse twelve, equip the saints for the works of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we attain to maturity and unity. In verse fourteen, no longer tossed to and fro by what? By false teaching. Teachers teach, they bring health, they bring unity, they bring maturity through the Word of God. They push out the false teaching, they remind the church of what is true and right and beautiful. And this is hardly a surprise, is it? Um, If you're familiar with some of these themes, man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, we've, we've heard it, maybe it's a memory verse that you learned in Sunday school as a, as a kid, but it gets to this idea, doesn't it, the word of God is life, it is food, it is essential, it is crucial, it is, crucial. It, is, it is that we know God's word, we hear God's word, we eat it, it feeds us, it nourishes us, it comforts us, that's what it does. And so we can see, I think, hopefully, how important teaching is to the church and how catalytic it must, it must be, be to the to church, the church if, we if we get it right. Get it right. Um, um, and I, th- I think probably out um, of these sort these of five gifts that we've, that, that we've been looking at, at and we were, we were saying, saying last week, week by the way, that the shepherd know, teacher, some people some think people that's think one, one gift, gift some, people some people think it's two. two. I think and functionally it doesn't really matter. It matters, it comes, it comes, it comes all of them come together as a group, a catalytic group, and we're just examining them separately just for the sake of clarity. There's always, there's always overlap with these things, um, but I think out of all of them, the five, if we were to list them, this one here is probably the one that we are collectively most comfortable with: the gift of teacher. And, and that's 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 okay. And when we think of a pastor or a leader, quite often we're thinking of somebody who can who can teach, all right? Somebody who can preach a, a sermon. Um, it's often probably one of the most important criteria uh, for search committees or vacancy conveners or whatever it happens to be when they're looking for a new leader or a pastor. Can, Can they, they preach? preach? What's the, What's the teaching, teaching like? like? Um, and and, that's, and not that's not a bad, bad thing, thing to ask, ask, for, for sure. sure. But do you what notice, you notice here, here, and I think and this, this is, is, this this is this interesting, interesting, it appears last, last in, the, in list the list that Paul, Paul gives, us, gives us, apostle, us, apostle, prophet, evangelist, evangelist shepherd, shepherd, and teacher. And that's and not just random. He puts it there on purpose. Not because it's least important. Certainly not. Certainly not. Um, But I think that 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 Paul here here and elsewhere, elsewhere when he's he's writing writing lists, lists tends to place things that churches can can overemphasize, he He puts puts them last. For example, when he's writing a a similar similar list list to the church church. in In Corinth, Corinth, who are obsessed obsessed with speaking speaking in in tongues, so the to the extent where it just becomes, becomes bonkers and a nightmare and inaccessible, he, when he's when listing he's the spiritual, spiritual gifts, gifts, he puts, puts the speaking, speaking of tongues last, last not because, because it's not it's helpful, helpful or you know, you know encouraging, encouraging or building up, up but because, because they're obsessed, they're obsessed with, with it. And, and, he and he wanted, wanted to show, to show that, that there are other, other things, things that are more, that are more uh, worthy, worthy or, are or equally as worthy. worthy. And I think, I think something like that, that could be happening here as well. And certainly if you know further on the history of the church of Ephesus, Um, particularly the Apostle John, who's received this revelation in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, a message for this church, maybe, you know, 20, 30 years later. What is his message to the church? It's You're you're, you're great with the teaching. You've got the the truth. Brilliant. But you've lost your first love. There's something deficient about what's going on. In your, in your church. church. And it could be, it could be, I'm not yeah, saying it's, uh, it, it's a definite uh, thing here, but it could yeah, it be that that, that church, that church priorit- overly prioritizes teaching at the expense of other things. things. And so Paul, and Paul I think, I think um, is throwing, throwing some, some light, light, at least, on the, on the lesser, lesser emphasized giftings that Jesus gives to the church. Jesus and I think that's, a, that's something that we need, we to, need bear to bear in mind. mind and, and that again, if we as a church relegate these other things, we do that to our detriment. I think think probably functionally speaking speaking for some some churches, churches, generally generally speaking, teaching is the only only gift gift that we're interested in. in. It's the thing. thing. A good good sermon sermon will fix everything. everything. And I give a hearty hearty amen. A good sermon is what we all need, but there is so much more that Jesus gives us as well. And I think here in Ephesians 4, if I may go a little further with that, I think it just shows us this integral whole of these gifts, this complex of gifts. And I think what Paul is saying to us here today is that we can't consider these gifts in isolation from one another. Um, teaching gifts uh, must have reference to the other gifts, especially the Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd, and Teacher. Um, they must have reference to, uh, to, to them. And vice versa as well. The other gifts have, must, must have reference to teaching. So, for example, if you have an apostolic gifting Uh, Uh, There needs to be be some some element, some ability to teach, teach, to be able to to communicate vision, vision, to lay down biblical doctrine, doctrine, to to lay down uh, Bible-based foundations as you extend and as you uh, plant new new churches, churches, for example. example. Likewise, the the prophetic prophetic needs needs, uh, teaching uh, element element with it it, to guard, to steer, steer, to ensure that what we're hearing is is the voice of God. God. It's not in conflict with God's voice in Scripture, so to speak, and other examples uh, that you can uh, maybe can think of. And likewise, teaching, teaching we, should we should not consider, not consider in, isolation. in isolation. Teaching, teaching in and isolation. of in itself um, isn't, isn't just, just bare content. content. It's, not it's not just, just delivering information. information, because it's that's just a lecture. lecture. And, that's, and that's, that can be very boring. boring. Um, um, some, um, some, some sermons are just lectures. Some preachers belong in, belong in, a, in a lecture theater and not in a church. That's my view. Maybe you've met some or heard some who are like that. Um, But likewise, teaching, uh, you know, in our our teaching, teaching, we need to maybe maybe borrow from the the apostolic playbook a little bit and and sowing seeds of vision vision, and and mission. Uh, We need to borrow from the the evangelistic evangelistic playbook a little bit and and make sure that our our teaching teaching is focused on Jesus and therefore people can hear the gospel in every sermon, you know. Likewise, we need to borrow from the playbook of the shepherds because we're not preaching to a vacuum. We're preaching to people that we know and love and care for and we know what their situations are. And therefore, we can apply apply the Word of God God more effectively effectively uh, to our community. community. And and I'll I'll preach to you you in a way that I wouldn't preach preach to someone someone else because because I know know you you. and I don't know the other guys guys as well, well, for example. example. I think sometimes in our urgency or our anxiety Anxiety to get to the truth, we can sometimes neglect these other emphases that I'm hinting at. And we do that to our detriment. And I think the preaching and teaching in our churches will be reduced in its power if we neglect these other things. things. So what is what teaching? teaching? It is opening, it is opening up, up God's, up God's, God's word, word to God's, God's world. With me so far? Kind of. kind of. A few people are. People Brilliant. are. Brilliant. I'll take I'll that. that. Uh, who does the, does the the teaching, teaching then? then, secondly? Who, 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 should, who do should do it? Do it? Um, there is a variety of gifting within the sort of the, 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 the wide understanding of teaching as a variety of applications and callings, depending on where you are and who God has made you to be. Uh, look down at our verses uh, for today on the sheet. Um, we begin in verse seven, and it says, "Grace was given to each one of us." Okay, so in order to know God and, and to receive the benefits of salvation, grace is given to each one of us. Absolutely. But it's according according to the measure of Christ's Christ's gift. gift. So everybody receives grace. Everybody receives receives some some gifting from the Lord Lord in some way or other. other. But But the measure of that, the the depth, depth, I suppose, the the way that that's that's used used within the church church will vary depending on Jesus and his choice. And that's the way he wires up his church. Different measure to a greater or lesser level or variety. So let's just think then. Who does teaching with that in mind? Who does the teaching in church? Churches, Plural. Um, um, and I can, and I can think of think really of four people or four, people four groups, groups that do teaching within, within a church. A church. Uh, the first this one is elders. Elders, elders, elders do, do teaching, teaching in the church. church. Elders are elders men who are, who are appointed by the Holy, by the Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit to lead, lead the church. The church uh, they're and given, given a God-given, God-given authority, authority uh, to, lead to lead and, and to pastor. And but that and authority, authority comes, comes from God's, God's Word. You guessed it. That's where it comes from. And so they do their shepherding, they do their teaching by using uh, uh, God's word or under God's word. That's how uh, elders ply their trade. And so when we read the lists of, uh, I suppose, uh, criteria uh, that a man must have in order to be an elder, and we're going to read in 1 Timothy 3, verse 2, it's all about character, it's all about example, but the one thing he must be able to do, it says is he must be able to teach. When we see the importance of the word of God and knowing God and knowing him well and and, and knowing him correctly for salvation, we understand the importance of teaching among our elders. Likewise, in in a a similar list given to Titus, it says that he, that is the elder, must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he might be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, this is elders, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Again, similar, we're seeing similar things here in Ephesians 4, aren't we? You know, uh, building up the body so that it can push back against you know, the, the to and fro of harmful doctrine. And this is what elders do. Elders are all required to be able to teach and handle God's word as they lead the flock. That's how they do it doesn't mean to say that every elder is therefore going to be a preacher Uh, in terms of the regular Sunday preaching. Probably within that group of elders, a smaller number are going to be called and equipped and gifted uh, to regularly be teaching um, on on Sundays. Um, But certainly part of the the wider remit of elders and eldership teams is that they must guide and steer the teaching of the church in whichever form it comes. Uh, They are to oversee it. That's part of their shepherding role to guard the guard flock. flock, all right? All right. Um, so, and so all the all teaching the in the church, church and everything we'll, we'll be hearing about in a few uh, moments uh, will be under, must be uh, must under, the under the authority of the elders. The elders. Okay, they're the, the shepherds. Um, so, so any, any other, other teaching comes, comes under, under their sort of oversight, oversight. Um, because that's, that's, what that's what they've been, been called, called by God, God to, do. to do. Okay, so first, people who do the teaching are the elders. Secondly then, who does the teaching? Well Those who are gifted with teaching. Every elder must be must able, be to, able teach, to teach, but not every teacher be must be an elder. So God, God gives the ability, the gift, to teach and apply teach God's, God's word, word with, skill with skill and competence and to bless, bless and, grow and grow the church. And he church, gives that to that all people. people. That's, That's all, all types of people. people. He gives that he gives to men and women. That he gives that, that to people of any ages and any backgrounds who are fruitful in what they do. When they open God's word, people listen and people grow. That's how you That's know, know someone's, someone's got a gift for, a gift for teaching. teaching. Um, and I, I, you know, in, yeah, our in our church context, context I would especially I would love to identify, um, um, you know, young, young adults, adults, even teenagers, teenagers um, who, who, you know, who may really have, really have a, a gift, gift in teaching. teaching. Uh, those those know, from those different, different backgrounds, backgrounds as well, as well you, know, you know, because because if we're thinking in terms of mission and bringing the good news out, I can only do so much, I suppose. And yet, and yet, different generations. Um, different different backgrounds, backgrounds, can reach reach different people people in different different ways. ways. And I think that's part of the wonderful way that God God uses uh, uses the church. church. So, yeah, Uh, anyone gifted with teaching? Obviously, the the context context of that that teaching teaching will will depend depend greatly greatly on on a person's person's calling Um, Um, and and what God will have them do in the church. I wonder if that is something that you can do, teaching. Maybe you have a hunger to do it. Just don't know how to start, or maybe maybe you are a teacher or doing teaching in some form or other, but you just want to get better at it. Um, well, keep listening because hopefully I'll give you some practical steps in a few moments. Um, so we've got elders, we've got those gifted with teaching within the church. Who else does teaching? Parents do teaching. Parents do teaching. It is part of the the responsibility of parenting, whether you feel gifted or not. not. This is not a question of gifting, this This is a question question of calling. calling. Parents Parents teach. Who do they teach? teach. They teach their children. children. Fathers Fathers especially are called to take take the the lead lead within within their families, families. to set Set the the pace. Um, Um, the way things seem to be in terms of the balance and all the rest of it it is that the dads dads have the greatest greatest influence on the spiritual temperature temperature at home. Not Not to to say that mums or single parents can't can't have that of course they they can of course they can can. but there seems to be a disproportionate disproportionate impact on dad. When dad dad is on fire fire for Jesus Jesus, that has a wonderful warming effect on the rest of the house whoever that happens to be but parents together in partnership, partnership, are called as part of their responsibility of parenting, parenting to, pass to pass on, on the faith, faith to their, their kids. kids. They, it, it just it comes, comes with the territory. territory. And, and we can we do that in a whole a variety, variety of ways. Of and ways. Some, some of us some feel, feel rubbish, rubbish at that. Of that. Some, some, some of us of think we've had some, some successes in the, in the, the past. past. That's, That's all okay. But the books that we read, the stories we tell, You know, the the songs songs that we sing, these are all all ways that we can teach teach and pass pass on the faith to the next next generation. Uh, It does vary, of course, with age. Absolutely, Absolutely it does. And and you'll know your kids better than anyone will about what works works for them them, and where they're at and what way they can can absorb absorb information. information couple of things that we've used in our family to, to, to reasonably good effect. And I just want to encourage you with as well if you're looking for resources. The first one is here on the screen, the New City Catechism. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's just a very uh, handy, a very concise way of teaching the faith Uh, to new new generations generations. Uh, it's not just for kids actually we can can use it it to teach one another in our families and and maybe even new uh, disciples of of, of Jesus we can teach them uh, the faith as well but it's a series series of of questions and answers answers. Um, maybe you were brought up in a tradition where catechisms were used this is very accessible Um, it's very uh, modifiable depending on who's doing it Um, you can see there's an app as well as books you can you can get hold of uh, the app, the is, app free, is free, and, uh, and certainly there's some there's brilliant some songs. songs. They've written, They've written, written one, song one song for every catechism, for every catechism question and question answer, and they're, and they're so catchy, and it's so, so, so good for, for helping kids, kids to, learn to learn some of these, these truths, truths um, that we and see, and see in Scripture. scripture. Uh, the other and thing and I want to uh, let you know about is this book here. Eliza loves this, actually. What Every Child Should Know About Prayer. It was actually my mother-in-law that purchased this for us, and Eliza's six, so you know it's roughly in her territory. Um, uh, what um, every child should I'm know about prayer. prayer. Every day, there's a, there's a, there's a um, prayer, there's a bit of an, explanation, an explanation, a verse from Scripture, from scripture and then there's, and the, there's words the words of a prayer that's, that's been written, written by, by Nancy, Nancy Guthrie, Guthrie, who's a wonderful uh, author. author. And, and um, it's just such a great way, a way again, get to, get to get words... words and language into, into the mouths and the minds of our, our kids. Are they going to understand every single word they're reading? No. But do you understand every single word you're reading when you read the scriptures? Probably not either. It's a growth thing, isn't it? It's something that we become more familiar with and we get deeper understanding as we grow, whether we're children or adults. That's how God is with us. So that's another wonderful book that I recommend. Great. I feel like a seminar coming on about parenting and, you know, Gospel-centered parenting, I'm sure sure. Uh, no one's one's done that before. Great, okay. So elders, uh, gifted teachers, parents, one another is the fourth and final. Who does teaching? We all do, okay, in a very, very basic way. Um, You know, again, just fire a few things out. The Bible talks about able to instruct one another, encourage one another, build one another up, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. (coughs) We get this picture of a community being formed around God's word, uh, um, meeting under God's word, pressing out God's word is something that we take responsibility uh, to do together. It's not a passive thing. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to turn up to church like I'm going to cinema. Come and teach me. Come and bless me. Come and worship for me and then I go home again. That's not reflective of the New Testament in any way, shape, or form. That is not biblical Christianity. It's rubbish. It presents this active, you know, together receiving and passing on one another, one another, the word, the of, word God, of God, pressing it into it one, one another's lives in the one to ones and uh, in our, in our and gathered, gathered worship, worship together. together. Okay. okay, we all have a role in teaching. <coughs> where, do where do we do, do teaching? teaching? Thirdly, Thirdly. Where, where, do, do, sorry, where do we need teaching? teaching. Um, uh, well, we need where we teaching wherever God's word needs to be heard. Can you think of an area of church life where God's word does not need to be heard? No, you can't. We need God's word everywhere, don't we? And so we need to be saturated with great teachers. Um, Sorry, this feels like a sermon by bullet points. Uh, So for the note takers, you'll be extremely happy. Uh, For the more free thinkers, this will be painful for you, but uh, it's the only way I could think of just to to get it out there, I'm sorry. Uh, Next week will be different. But anyway, why do we need teaching, sorry, where do we need teaching? Well, hopefully it's evident by the fact you're sat here today and you realize that Sunday sermons are a key time uh, for teaching. In fact, some of the uh, Protestant reformers of the sort of uh, 16th, 17th century thought that the Sunday sermon was the highest point of worship, whether you agree with them or not. Um... It's, 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 beside it's beside the point. point. Um, they, they thought, thought that, that, you know, no God, God addressing, addressing us, us was the highest, the highest point, point. Not, not what not you're saying, saying to him, but what he what says to you through, through, through the preached, preached word. word. Um, and and, they're, and getting they're getting at this idea that the Sunday sermon is about feeding you, building you up. It's about equipping you, as we see here in Ephesians 4. It's about you being shaped by the word, sanctified by the word, saved by the word. That's what happens. Preaching is a rallying point of the church. Amen? It's where where the church is steered steered into mission. It's where where the church church is pastored pastored through through the word word being preached preached and applied to the people. people. It's it's where we are united on on mission mission together. together. And you can hopefully see, see, see therefore, the problem problem with ducking out church. church. is because you miss miss all of these things. things. You miss the pastoring, uniting, strengthening, repenting, saving work of God through the word. And if you duck out of church, you miss that. You starve yourself. I cannot understand why you would want to do that. But some people think they can find food elsewhere. All the best of them is what I say. Our sermons here, just so you know, um, if you're new, new here, um, this is what we're shooting for anyway. Our sermons here are gospel centered. That is where Jesus is the hero. He's the example, but He's the power for our transformation. It's not us and our good efforts and our, our good behavior. It is Jesus and what he's done and how that applies to us. Gospel-centered. They are expository, um, whereby the point and purpose of the passage is the point and purpose of the sermon. It sets our pace. And I, say, I would say also we're aiming for being spirit-empowered in our preaching. That is seeking and anticipating that the word of God comes, not just in information, but with power, transforming people, healing people there and then, through the word being preached. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 1, he says, Our gospel came to you not only in words, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. There was something other than just information exchange that was happening when Paul preached. The Holy Spirit was pleased to come in power. Okay, so Sunday sermons is where we, where we need teaching and teachers. Midweek opportunities, prayer and worship, where God's Word guides and directs us. Other gatherings as we, as we go on as a church through men's ministry, women's ministry, youth ministry, all needs teaching and teachers. Obviously, in other areas, Foundation Kids, helping our kids, our next generation, to grow and know God and enjoy Him. That's what we're trying to do. It's not replacing the role of the family. Okay, if you're a parent, it's not so that you can cede responsibility to foundation kids. It's only for 45 minutes once a week. You have them for the rest of the week. But there is something powerful and formative when kids come together and hear the word of God and learn it together, just like there is for us. We've mentioned home already. The disproportionate influence of parents and the spiritual formation of their children from 0 to 12 years is well established. That's an area where we need teaching. And I think the wider, the wider sphere, sphere as, well as well in other, other churches. churches. You've heard um, maybe me say a few times now, our vision here at Foundation Church is to catalyze the gospel transformation of our city and nation. And one of the ways that we do that is through resourcing. You know, you, using the resources and the gifts that we have to bless other churches. And so I think that we can um, send out teachers to help plant and strengthen others. In fact, we did, we've done this before. A good few years ago now, probably before most of you were here, I um, sent out a bunch of letters to local churches saying, I've got a few trainee preachers here, Um, if you ever need help in some of your midweeks or on a Sunday sermon or whatever it is, just let me know and uh, we can supply some teachers to you. One church got back to us and said, yes, we'd love some help, thank you very much, and that then set up uh, um, an opportunity for us to go out actually twice. Um, um, a, a, couple a couple of months, of months apart, apart to, to, to um, uh, run, run their uh, midweek, mid-week prayer, prayer meeting. And, and actually, you actually think you're going to bless, bless and encourage others, others. That's what we sought, what we sought to do. do. But they but blessed, blessed and encouraged us. us. Uh, I, I found I more felt than we deposited, we deposited with them. With them. But anyway, anyway that's, that's, that's God's, God's ways. ways. Uh, but and that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Blessing and encouraging and strengthening other churches. And I think as we go on as a movement of churches within the advanced movement, we'll see this more and more. As partnership goes up, there'll be more opportunity to send help. Uh, and, and just enjoy, enjoy seeing, seeing fruit, fruit of other, of other churches other church, being strengthened church. to the glory of God. Fourthly and finally then, how do how we do, do teaching? teaching? What, are the, what are the steps if you're, you're feeling, feeling called, called or are called, are called to teach. teach? What do you need, what do you do? Do you need to do? Um, well, I, th- I think so teaching, as with as most gifts, gifts, is a sort of combination, combination of, of it's something that you, you is caught and something, something that's, that's taught. taught. Obviously, so you, you need, need to be gifted, gifted to start, to start with. with. But it's caught and it's taught. taught. <coughs> um, um, but first of all, as with, as with every gift as well, there has to be a hunger and a desire uh, to receive that gift and to use it. There has to be an openness. Um, you know, some, some people say they'd rather die than come and do public speaking. Uh, so the chances are the gift of teaching is not something that you will ever have or desire. Um, you never know, God, God God can change our hearts, change our hearts and minds, minds. but, but or ordinarily, ordinarily it's something, something that, uh, uh, even though we may we feel nervous, nervous, nervous or trepidation or whatever, or whatever. Oh, I can never do that. Um, um, God will God give you the you hunger and the desire, desire to ask, ask for more. more. And he's a good God. and He, God. he loves his, love his kids. And he, he will ask, ask if, if, your if your desires, desires are right. right. He will ask. Sorry, he will give. So ask him. So if that desire is there, then what comes in behind that? We as a church will equip and test you. We'll equip and test you. And we'll look at the output. We'll look at the fruit. Is it building the church? Is it encouraging people? If so, then we, you know, we may suspect the gift of teaching is, is, is on you. Um, so the sort of questions I'm going to be asking, is this person gifted? Is this person able to do teaching in a, in a helpful, constructive way? And if so, where and how can they be deployed for maximum benefit for the church? So here's a few things that, that we can do to equip you. First of all, there's a whole bunch of books that you can read. Um, if you want on preaching or teaching, there's loads of them. I've got a bookshelf full of them. Some of them are okay. Um, you know, it just depends, really, I suppose, what you're looking for. Here's a couple that I would recommend. Um, this book, actually, is not on teaching at all, but it's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. It's quite a quite famous book in some circles, and this is probably an old version. This is the third edition. It's got some coffee stains on it, so you can tell it's well used. Um, and it's really just about, you know, how do you look through the various... Types. Of, of writings within Scripture, and understand what the author's trying to uh, get across and say through these things, and then how can we ourselves understand the, the, the point of what they're getting at? Because it's through it's through the author's mind that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. So if we can understand what they originally intended, um, we're coming close to really what God is saying to us today, here and now, through His Spirit. Um, so that's what this book is all about. And um, you know, I really recommend that. It's this nice resource book as well as something you want to read on holiday, um, and um, yeah, it's just very. Very, very, very helpful. helpful. other one here yeah. is quite good. good. I would say preaching 7 out of seven out 10. Out of ten. Um, I, I, I do I struggle to find, find preaching, preaching books sort of bang on, on 10 out of 10. 10, out 10. 10, um, out 10. 10. Um, this one is one quite good. Is good. It's called, it's called sorry, that's not a very good recommendation. It's a wonderful book called The Archer and the Arrow, Preaching the Very Words of God. I've chosen this because it is uh, it's a great sort of uh, way to you dip, dip your toe, your toe in, in without investing in a huge in a book, book, book that no one's ever going to read. read. Um, it's just it's just it's simple. It's practical. It's helpful. helpful. And they and use this analogy of an arrow going, going into, into the target, target and what and we're doing in our, our preparation, preparation of preaching, preaching and preparing and the arrow, arrow, making sure it flies uh, long and, and you know and uh, sharp, and and it hits the spot. And, um, and um, that's what we want from all of our teaching in Jesus' name. So have a look at those. They're not, they're mine, by the way. You can't, you can't have them. Um, but you can take photos and get them on Amazon. Great. Okay. There's some podcasts that are quite good. As a preacher's talk, it's quite a good uh, podcast uh, for, 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 for new preachers to listen to. But I think the reason why I'm sort of erring a little bit on some of these things is... Better by far to come to a preaching workshop. Some of you have already been to a preaching workshop I've put on. Better by far is to come and do that, come and talk about how to put a Bible talk together, and then start doing it, start practicing it. And you can learn all the theory and stuff as, as you go. Um, a step on even more than that, more developed, is Cornhill. Um, Cornhill uh, Bible Training, or, or whatever you call it. Cornhill, is it? called Cornhill, isn't it, really? Cornhill. Cornhill Belfast. And um, that they, they help you to learn how to read the Bible in a way to teach it to other people in various contexts. So that, that can be done over one year full-time or two years part-time, often in other ministry roles that you may have in church. Um, I'm pointing over here at Trevor because uh, he, he's very involved with Cornhill here as well. In, 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 are you on the board or something like that? No, no, no. He's very, he's very good. Anyway, so uh, talk to Trevor if you want to know anything about Cornhill in Belfast. And I did it as well many years ago. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's, that's Cornhill. Just Google it, and then you'll find out more about it. So that's equipping you, testing you, opportunities to try it out. Eventually, you're going to have to cross the line. There's only so many books you can read. You have to dip your toe in. Uh, whether it's going to be a sermon prayer, first or whether it's, it's going to be a midweek be prayer and worship, worship whether it's, it's going to be Foundation kids, kids, there's, there's loads, loads of, opportunities of opportunities already to test, test teaching and more opportunities, opportunities to come. Um, if you're and an eldership, eldership training, training program, E+, e+, e+ I think teaching, teaching will be a, a requirement. requirement. Um, you're going to have to teach something at some point in some context or other, so watch out for that. Good. Good. Uh, that's Uh, pretty much all I have have to say say. Yeah, Yeah. and and, and And you know what, what? Uh, teaching Teaching, I I will give you coaching and feedback as well well. so it's not just a case of just go and it's trial by audience I will help you and steer you as best I can to do better and to learn as we're all trying to learn, to teach God's word with excellence Amen, that's all I have to say starts with a hunger starts with a desire we'll test it and we never know how it might end up, but by God's grace Uh, we'll have more teachers to bless the church let me finish with the words of Paul here for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved how then will they call on him in whom they've never believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching let's pray